This week, President Trump invoked the Defense Production Act to help increase the supply of ventilators and other medical items. But the 1950 law contains a wide range of different authorities, many of which might also come into play as the health emergency unfolds. To dig into what is possible under the DPA, Federal News Network's Jared Serbu spoke with the executive director of the Center for Government Contracting at George Mason University and a former senior official in DOD's Office of Manufacturing and Industrial Base Policy. Here's Dr. Jerry McGinn. There's three main titles of um, Defense Production Act, uh, and, uh, and several of those are used every day. But what the president did yesterday, under Title I of the Defense Production Act, or DPA, he can delegate the authority to re- essentially prioritize contracts, prioritize the distribution of goods and services to meet government needs. So, And that's done through the Defense Prioritization and Allocation System, which is run by the Department of Commerce. And several agencies, Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, and others, had that authority directly delegated, further delegated to them so they could essentially do that contract rating themselves. HHS did not have that prior to the president's executive order. So essentially what the executive order did was give HHS that authority so they can prioritize contracts in this really uh, crazy time that we're in instead of having sort of a middleman with the Department of Commerce. As a practical matter, how would contracting under that new Title I authority actually work? I mean, what, what would HHS most likely be procuring here, and, and how would the, you know, the actual bid and solicitation process actually work? Yeah, so it, it doesn't impact that so much as it does. Uh, um, each contract with the government has a rating. That rating gives their priority. So what this allows HHS to do is to say, listen, this contract is the most important to us, so therefore we're moving it up at the top of the stack. And we want you to accelerate production, and we're going to have to you know, put other things on a lower priority. So in, in this case, like masks or ventilators or things they want to procure, commercial kind of um, um, contracts would be kind of deprioritized, and th- these contracts would be accelerated and moved in, up in the priority order. So that's what it does. So if, the, if HHS wants to then contract with dramatically increased production in, in uh, existing facilities, it would do that through a, through a solicitation, and then the, the authority, Title One, Title DPA authority would allow them to prioritize those and have them go to the front of the queue. So it sounds like there's actually two kinds of prioritization going on there. One is company A, of all the contracts that we have with you, these are the most important to us. And also company A, of all of your customers buying this supply, we need to be at the front of the line. Yes. Yeah. It it allows the government to say, you know, hey, you know, for this kind of national requirement, um, we go to the front of the line. How novel is this to be used for something other than kind of direct defense needs? Are you aware of any instances where it's been used in, in health emergencies like this? I'm not aware of that. No, it's been it's used very regularly in defense world and in other places. I mean, like in, two prominent examples are during the Iraq War, the MRAPs, if you're familiar with those, the um, mine resistant vehicles that were procured in the kind of the late 2000s. They used DX ratings, changing of DPAS to accelerate the production of those so they get them to the field faster. They've done it with uh, armored um, vests, you know, the, things like that. So they do it pretty regularly. I, I'm not familiar with um, it being done for a medical situation, but it, it, it may have been. And so with that lack of history, this question is probably a little hard to answer. But, but conceivably, <clears throat> how much could you see this helping in terms of supplying the government's needs for these kinds of items? 
I think what it's going to do is it's going to essentially, this is not going to be controversial in terms of industry is going to do all they can to produce, right? And this just reduces the contractual friction to be able to say, you know, this is what we're doing now. You know, it just allows them to accelerate production and allow the project to do what it can do to help. So I I think it's beneficial, um, but a lot of this is going to happen organically as, you know, factories max out production and do all they can to to do more. But this will allow them to potentially, again, accelerate orders. And it's just going to be, I think, mutually reinforcing the efforts that are already going on. Yeah, hopefully you're right. And companies will already be wanting to do everything they can. But but I, yeah. I also wonder if there's new compliance risk here for some companies. Because as, as has been talked about a lot in recent years, there are just some companies that do not want to do business with the government because they don't want to deal with the bureaucracy. If they're being, in, you know, hypothetically in some cases, being required to contract with the government, do they then need to hire some experts in the FAR and get government-certified cost accounting systems and all that stuff that they don't want to do today? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I, I think the answer to that is the authority kind of allows a lot of waivers on those kind of situations and allows um, gives the government the ability to you know, essentially, um, the government is asking for a higher prioritization or demanding it, but th- in return, the, they're going to indemnify the companies or something. I'm not sure the exact particulars of that, but this is not a like you do it our way, comply, and so on. It, it is. I would expect that, that that those kind of issues could could be worked out. Gotcha. And then as far as the other, I think, more commonly used title of the Defense Production Act, what, what should agencies be thinking through here as far as how those might be useful to, to make their way through this yeah. emergency? That's a great question. So the, the more commonly used one is Title Three, which essentially uh, authorizes the president to determine XYZ capability is critical to national defense. Um, it's not going to be done in the U.S. without government investment. So the president determines that through a presidential determination, and then you can do a, a Defense Production Act uh, project. And these um, these are done regularly, mostly by the Department of Defense, um, but not exclusively for things like, you know, there's a rare earth magnet production uh, RFP that was on the street earlier this this year. And now that competition. So they're 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 doing it in areas such as small UAVs, areas in the industrial base where the either the capability has left the United States, but there's a need to rebuild it. So that's what's happening. It's been happening in the last several years. This authority has been around for a long time, but it's really kind of accelerated in, in recent years. And a lot of it, frankly, to address areas where the United States was in sole source positions. Uh, um, with respect to China, so in this uh, for this situation, it would be things like you know creating incentives to modify existing plants to increase production capabilities. It would be um, those kind of things. Like you know, I've heard people talk about you know what about in World War II we used automobile plants and made those into making tanks. You know, so doing, you know, modifying existing manufacturing facilities, that's where a Title III grant or a loan or a purchase commitment could come in. The challenge is those have generally taken months to develop in traditionally. So I view this as sort of a medium, not an immediate kind of fix, but something that could, in conjunction with the increased prioritization and surging of existing industrial base, this allows you to build more capacity. And it, what it also does is in areas like there's been discussions and how the, um, some of the pharmaceutical industry, some of the supply chain is, again, sole source in China. So you could use the Defense Production Act to help restart those, uh, rebuild those industrial capacities in the U.S. 
Yeah, and, and along the lines of you know sole source issues, this this actually came up, I think, in last year's maybe it was the year before DOD's report on on the health of the def- defense industrial base and and yeah, yeah Title Three very involved with that. Yeah, and Title Three came up there too, right? As as a way to make sure that those sole sources, when they were domestic suppliers, yeah. didn't go out of business. So, do, do we start to worry about more of that kind of threat here as the economy overall slows down? Well, that, that report is actually like looking for industrial-based weaknesses and, and, and identifying sole sources. And, and the, the critical place where Title III came in is that a number of areas were identified as sole source situations where we were reliant on companies or uh, in China. And th- that's where you've seen the uptick in DPA projects. So those kind of sole source situations are challenging. So, you know, specialty chemicals, things that are, you know, critical for defense items. That's Dr. Jerry McGinn, executive director of the Center for Government Contracting at George Mason University, speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. Check out Jared's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resource page at federalnewsnetwork.com. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.